Welcome to Emil Franzing's Voices of the West, dedicated to the principle that America was better off when our TV shows featured cowboys instead of lawyers. Well, howdy and welcome to another Saturday. It's Emil Franzi's Voices of the West. Harry Alexander, Bunker de France in Los Angeles, our good friend Todd Roberts. And Gentlemen. Our, and our guest today uh, from Colorado is Kellen Cutsforth. We've had him on the show bunches of times before, along, usually with Bill Markley, uh, because they've written a couple He's books together. He has, he has. Uh, but this time we're going to be talking to him about his uh, latest tome, Buffalo Bill and the Birth of American Celebrity. I thought it was uh, Bison William. Whatever. Uh, it was. <laughs> this book was released the first uh, of April uh, this year, 2021. Uh, but before we get to Kellen, we've got some housekeeping. Yeah, so I want to just bring everybody up to date. This is the latest blurb from the Empire Ranch. Uh, coming up on November 6th and 7th, of 2021, that's this year, from 10 a.m. to 4 p.m. each day is a cowboy festival put on by the Empire Ranch Foundation. It's now a two-day event on Saturday and Sunday. Join us, fun for the whole family, located off of Scenic Highway 83, Empire Ranch Road, Sonoida, Arizona. Uh, there'll be Western music and entertainment, history and cultural demonstrations, ranch life exhibits, kids' activities, skilled artisans and speakers, silent auction and food. There's an ATM available if you run out of cash. Uh, and there's a $20 donation per vehicle. I recommend you get a school bus loaded up with about <laughs> 40 people, charge them a buck a piece, and then you take the 20 bucks that you got over and donate it back to the church. How about that? Wow. And that's that's what's coming up, and we'll be reminding you of it from time to time. And we'll be there as well. You At least you will be. I will be there. I will be there doing cowboy conversations mm-hmm. with Gene Freeze, uh, Marty Freeze, and I don't know who else might be there. Also, I'm going to have a library table from the Empire Ranch Library, which I've got up and started, and I'm working on it. Mm-hmm. And uh, hopefully it'll become a fo- part of the foundation, a foundation of the foundation. The Bunker de France Library. Bunker's Bunkhouse Bookshelf. There you go. <laughs> Kelly Cutsforth, welcome to the show. Welcome back to the show. Thank you. We Thanks are, for having me. We are happy to have you again, sir. Oh, so we got we got uh, your uh, book with Bill Markley in the library down there. Hey. Oh, good. Yeah, yeah. Well, he and I are going to be releasing another one of those. Yeah, I saw that. We're getting a sequel. Yeah. Sequel, boy. Uh, you want to talk about that for a minute? Yes. Yeah. I, I looked. I saw sure. it there. So I think um, the it's it's the same premise as the last one. Uh, so. Uh, Bill and I take 10 Old West controversies, and then he takes one side and I take the other, and we duke it out uh, chapter after chapter. And in this one, um, we do things like, did, did the, uh, does the lost Dutchman mine actually exist? Uh, uh, did Sacagawea uh, die at a young age, or did she live until where she was almost 100? Um, um, uh just uh, did Jesse James die, or did he live on into old age? Uh, those kind of conspiracies, and he and I <laughs> duke it out back and forth. Is is Tom Horn actually a villain, or was he a, or was he framed and set up? Framed. So, yep, yep. I say framed. I say framed. <laughs> yeah. Well, just just to settle that thing with Sacagawea, I happen to know for a personal fact that she ran off and married a fellow named Bushy Bill. 
And uh, oh. so anyhow, uh-huh. she uh, yeah she married she married uh, Billy the kid, yeah. and they had a they had a litter of kids, mm-hmm. and uh, yeah, he was my grandfather, but brushy brushy <laughs> Bill Roberts. Yeah, yeah. yep. Uh, I, think I, I think I have an uncle in there somewhere too. An uncle, yeah. I had a step. Well, listen, I had got all around. She was popular. Yeah. <laughs> hey, yeah. And she that knows she had boxes and she, she left no bill tracks book, behind. Boozers, brothels, and rare bro- <laughs> yeah, <right>. knuckle brawlers. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Yeah. The is, last part reminds me of my prom date, but that's another story. <laughs> <laughs> Kellen, the, uh, the, the interest in, in Buffalo Bill Cody, uh, yeah, I mean, reading about this guy, yeah, he was a celebrity to start, and, yeah. and he, he, was, he was a showman, uh, yes, he was. I think, more than anything else, wasn't he? Yeah. Well, yeah, in later in life, um, but he had a lot to draw from uh, as as a young man. I mean, he was a scout. He was a bison hunter. He was uh, 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 in some way, in, in some parts, an Indian fighter. Um, he was quite the quite the guy before he ever became a showman. But yes, then later in life, Pony that's Express. what he mostly became known for. Uh, uh, he did not ride for the Pony uh, uh, well, Express. That, that, oh, Colin and Bill settled that. Fight? What, oh, no, I, I'm looking. I'm looking at uh, an uh, from the Smithsonian. Uh, right. What do they know? That well, that's what I'm wondering too. Uh, <laughs> so but, there are some of us that, and I'm one of them that believe that Buffalo Bill actually did ride for the Pony Express. Some say that he didn't. It's a gray area. Because, it is. It is. And I actually touch. I actually touch on that just just a bit in 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 my book. But um, uh, it, it it should be known Buffalo Bill. Uh, the only reason we know about the Pony Express is because Buffalo Bill, in almost every single one of his. Uh, Buffalo Bill's Wild West Productions had a retelling, a replaying of the Pony Express, the running of the Pony Express. Mm-hmm. The Pony Express only lasted right around a year, yeah, and then it was that, gone. Yeah, yeah. And it would have been a it would have been a, a footnote in in history had not Buffalo Bill, over and over and over again, uh, portrayed it in Buffalo Bill's Wild West. Mm-hmm. He was good friends with men who are have been definitely uh, proven to be riders for the uh, Pony Express, and he also worked for Russell, Majors, and Waddell, right. which was mm-hmm. the uh, owners right. of the and, the and the proprietors of the Pony Express. And I'm sure there's and a in, lot of guys rode that in, never got credit. Uh, 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 one of those men's um, uh, memoirs, they state directly Buffalo Bill road for the pony express now where he gets he gets uh claim that he doesn't is uh people have said that that uh what i just spoke about that that memoir was written uh by prentice ingram and prentice ingram wrote most of buffalo bill's dime novels and things like that and he was uh, he wrote a lot of of literature for buffalo bill Mm -hmm. so they said he had influence on it and um and then that the dates don't Line up as uh, as they should, and those those sort of things. But I would say again, uh, we wouldn't know about the Pony Express if it weren't for Buffalo Bill. All I'm saying is the Smithsonian mm-hmm. says here: at age 11, Cody carried messages on horseback for the freighting firm of Major and Russell, which became yep. Russell Majors and Waddell. But yep. historians have a hard time verifying his assertions 
that he worked for the Pony Express, and apparently there are contradictions in the autobiography, and one historian is quoted as saying that, uh, or concluded that uh, when the Pony Express existed, Cody was in school in Leavenworth, Kansas, and couldn't have been riding back and forth across Wyoming at the same time. Well, here's what, here's what a book I have in front of me says. He says he experimented with mining and trapping in the years 1860 to 61. Then, at age 15, he rode with the Pony Express and et cetera, et cetera. There you go. Uh, and, it, yep. and it fills in those school years. I, I don't it, know. Was he in school? That's I, the I don't know. I'm just telling you what is don't tr- I there you, in front Harry, of don't me. Don't trust that. Uh, and, and, I don't. And, and this is one of the uh, this was one of the things that Bill and I fought about in our first book. Yeah, yeah. Uh, this was one of the chapters <laughs> that Bill and I duped out about in the first book whether uh, Buffalo Bill actually did ride for the Pony Express or not. But I, I, and again, I would say no one would care about the Pony Express if it weren't for Buffalo Bill. Mm. It wasn't a it wasn't a big thing when it when it when it went and when it was gone it wasn't until buffalo bills wild west where he made it the popular thing that's right and now it's ingrained in everyone's memory sure. I mean, yeah I, I mean at, at the anniversary of of the pony express google for crying out loud had a little game that you could play <laughs> that was the pony express yeah, you got one of so, your members I mean, rides in that every year in people's memories so yeah well you know if you actually if you look at his life Almost everything could be controversial because of the dime novels, well, sure. because because of yep. the, uh, the, the mm-hmm. stage shows he did, yep. Uh, yep. and you know it's it's like a comic book life except you've got the foundation there of the act, the yeah. reality. Yeah. You can't take yep. away the army years; they're all documented. Right. Yeah. That's right. And he was, and he is one of only six civilians to receive uh, the Medal of Honor. Mm-hmm. And that you can't take that away. And they tried to, a, but they he didn't. was a scout, and he learned he learned his craft from uh, a crow and a rickera scouts that he rode with, and uh, he learned to be a scout. And he was a scout, and he was a bison hunter, and um, and he did a lot of really really incredible things on the frontier uh, before he ever became a showman. So how, how do you um, how do Kellen how do you figure that he was able to? Uh, get through areas where there were lots of Indians and, and maybe not hostile Indians, but mm-hmm. maybe hostile and, mm-hmm. and not seeing white men uh, ever and mm-hmm. wondering about this guy who's carrying a long fire stick. Uh, how, how does he manage to get through all of this, do you think? Like all the well, other think, pioneers and trappers. Yeah, right. well, yeah, well, I, and I, I imagine think, so. Yeah, and, and I, I think, too, um, you see through Buffalo Bill's life, um, he was really able to uh, relate to people, um, mm-hmm. and so if he encountered, you know, uh, uh, other native tribes and things like that, um, uh, Indians on the plains, he was able to relate to people. He he could find some way. In his show, um, they used sign language in order to be to break the uh, language right. barrier. Mm-hmm. Um, in order to, and he learned to trade on the plains. He learned to communicate that way on the plains. Mm-hmm. Um, so he was a he was a man of of, of all people, really. I, when you when you look at his life, mm-hmm. um, and when he scouted uh, for the military, and, and you have to remember too, he was a civilian scout. Right. Um, so he was a he was riding along with uh, Shoni and Crow and and um, 
other native scouts who were scouting against Cheyenne and, and other hostile tribes, um, he learned to he learned to communicate with those with those people, and he learned to you know find commonalities. Mm-hmm. I think throughout his life, he made so many friends because he he was able to to find commonalities uh, amongst people. And you know the thing too is you, you as you mentioned, you know he was with these scouts, and the Indian that's an oral culture. You know these bo- these old boys when they'd get back back to the villages after working for the army for a while because they'd come and go. You know, they, right. They, they, they I'm, I'm fed up. I'm going home. It's like was, it's like a cowboy on the ranch. Yeah, and, moving on. And they'd go back, and they'd you know they tell stories. They tell about this this, this white guy, and mm-hmm. he he would become known among the tribes because they'd meet a, 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 a crow band would meet another crow band, and mm-hmm. they'd be swapping yarns. And one guy said, "Oh, you know, old Spotted Eagle told me about this white white guy." Exactly. And he's, you know, and so he would be known. That's that's very true. Yeah, he was he was uh, Pahaska. He was the long hair, and and they knew him, and uh, yeah, and his reputation spread, and it and it spread because he was actually a good scout. You know, he yeah. wasn't a he wasn't somebody who who, who led you who led you till you were lost. Yeah. He, he learned to scout, and he and he was a good scout. And yeah, he worked and, with and the right. best of the army. Right, and you're and you're right that the. the the Crow, the Shoshone, the Arikara scouts who rode with, with the United States military, they would leave and go home. Um, sometimes uh, weather, sometimes it was, you know, oh, we think that the hostile tribes that we're tracking are actually going to go back at our villages, so we need to go protect them. And they would leave and go back and return. And yeah, and they would yeah. leave with the stories of the people that they rode with. Well, here's an interesting thing, you know, his military career before his military career. Because, right. you know, he, he served in the Civil War. He did serve, yes. And he started out with the Kansas Freebooters, which were basically horse thieves. And then uh, yes. he ended up with a couple of other militias before enlisting in 64. He was a private with the 7th Kansas Volunteers and then later mm-hmm. served with the 7th Kansas Volunteer Cavalry. So he was very definitely, you know, Mm-hmm. Steeped in military, so he he, he would have right, and he rode with the with the Jayhawkers and, and some of those guys because yeah. um, uh, pro slavery guys had uh, uh, well it essentially killed his father. He was he was wounded, and his father eventually mm-hmm. years later died from mm-hmm. the wound because mm-hmm. his father was an abolitionist, speaking out against slavery. And he was stabbed, and and then later, uh, eventually died from the wounds. And Buffalo Bill always held that against the the pro slavers, and that's why he was a Jayhawker. And you're right; uh, most of the guys he rode with were they were horse thieves, and they were just you know, raiding parties. And his mother always wanted him to leave the Jayhawkers, and and. And he eventually did, and then and then yes, you're right. He did join. He did join the military. And you know the other thing too is he worked as while he was in the in the military. He worked as a stitch uh, dispatch rider uh, mm-hmm. through the Kiowa and Comanche lands. And mm-hmm. you know, there's another exposure to tribes that we sure. don't think of him being associated yeah. with. Well, up until 1867, he was just known as Bill Cody. And right, right, right. He was not Buffalo Bill. You're so right. T- talk right. about that, Kellen. So he won. He won his name. Uh, there were two. There were two guys. Uh, and Buffalo Bill was one of them, and they were both were trying to claim the name Buffalo Bill. And so 
they had a competition between the two of them how many bison they could kill uh, and in, in a period of time and William Cody ended up winning the competition and he got the name Buffalo Bill and then it stuck with him because then he started providing uh, buffalo meat for the uh, uh, railroad as, as it was completing the, uh, uh, the transcontinental railroad hmm. according to this uh, Smithsonian article uh, he delivered for a year and a half he delivered 12 bison a day to the yes. hungry workers and it's estimated that he killed more than 4,000 in one eight month period and Correct. he once killed 48 buffalo in 30 minutes that's <laughs> 30 some minutes. hell of reloading <laughs> that's <laughs> yes. a hard, hot yes. sharps yeah yes. very he very hot his, rifle very he had his rifle was lucretia borgia which is the <laughs> which is <laughs> what like he that. named it yeah. and he was he was quick on the draw now i will say so one of the things that comes up for bill's legacy is that oh he contributed to the mass slaughter of the buffalo That's on the plane true. and that always gets sort of pinned on him and that is not true buffalo bill yes he killed several thousand buffalo correct but when he left the plains there were millions of buffalo still on the plains it wasn't until years later that the mass slaughter happened when back east buffalo tongues became a delicacy, mm. buffalo robes, buffalo hats became the fashion, the and then it was also fertilizer. seen by by mm. uh, uh, Sherman, William Tecumseh Sherman, that it was a good military uh, uh, use to uh, control the Indians' food supply, and so it, they encouraged the mass slaughter of the buffalo. Mm-hmm. Buffalo Bill had already left the plains and become a, a full-time showman when that mass slaughter uh, eventually took place. And he spoke out against it, too. He did, and later in life, he was against the the slaughter of the buffalo, the mass slaughter of the buffalo. And, and again, yeah, when you get revisionist history, it gets it gets <laughs> thrown onto his back that he was a, a contributor to that, but he was, he was not. He, as I say, when he left, there were still millions and millions of buffalo on the plains. All right, um, we're talking. Stop being a bison hunter. We are talking with Kellen Cutsforth in his latest book, Buffalo Bill and the Birth of American Celebrity. This is Emil Franzi's Voices of the West. We got to do our first commercial break, so uh, everybody, uh, y'all hang on now. We'll be back with much more right after these very important messages. Stay tuned. Arizona, the land of cattle, copper, and cowboys. It's also the true west where a large number of westerns were built. For your next vacation, come out to where Wyatt Earp made a name for himself as a highly respected sheriff. Stay where Jimmy Stewart filmed Winchester 73. That would be the White Stallion Ranch. Situated in the mountains just northwest of Tucson, the White Stallion Ranch is an award-winning dude ranch with 43 guest rooms and the Hacienda. That's a five-bedroom, three-bathroom home perfect for larger families, family reunions, and girlfriend getaways. Every guest room has a private patio with views of the cactus gardens, mountains, or corrals. Generous floor plans offer sunny, comfortable rooms, but you won't want to stay in your room. Outdoor activities are plentiful at the White Stallion Ranch. Horseback riding, hiking, shooting, archery, rock climbing, e-biking, and a weekly ranch rodeo are among the numerous activities
ways that you'll enjoy on your ranch vacation. Go Western for your next getaway. The White Stallion Ranch. Book your vacation now online at whitestallionranch.com or call 520-297-0252. Imus Wilkinson Investments, 777-1911, is a unique investment management firm. They pay little attention to where the market indicators are because smart investment management goes way beyond checking stock exchanges. They are very good at managing all types of investment based on client expectations. They build relationships, and they want clients, not customers. My family is proudly included among them, and they'll help you, as they did us, design a portfolio that achieves what you want when you need it. Imus Wilkinson Investments, they're really good at what they do. 777-1911. America, let me tell you about Sergeant Greg Ann. Anderson, served two tours in Afghanistan, Bronze Star and Purple Heart recipient, and unemployed. The unemployment rate among transitioning service members is unacceptably high, much higher than the general population. Veterans are a proven commodity. They're mature, reliable, and hardworking. They deserve a chance to get back to work after serving their country. Do you really want to honor a veteran? Hire one. Go to legion.org slash honor veterans to find out how you can help. You know, a woman is just like a spirited horse. You can't handle them with a tight rein. This is the Voices of the West. We're back on Emil Franzi's of Voices of the West. Harry Alexander Bunker to France. Todd Roberts, our guest is... Kellen Cutsforth, and the book is called Buffalo Bill and the Birth of American Celebrity. You can't handle them with a tight rein. You can't handle them, period. <laughs> Wise words there from Charles King, huh? <laughs> <laughs> Henchman in chief. Yeah. <laughs> All well, right. you know, oh, I, wanted to, I wanted to ask you a question here, Kellen. This okay. is, I come across this, and according to this one little source I came here, that uh, while Bill Hickok could actually possibly put a claim on doing the first Wild West show. Do you know the story behind that? Well, that Wild Bill Hickok could? That's right. Well, it's, okay. Uh, well, you know, Buffalo Bill ended up hiring Yeah, Wild well, this, Bill this was many years before that. Okay. What happened was uh, apparently he needed to make some money. He hired three cowboys to rope uh, half a dozen buffalo, and then he actually then he did it. And then he uh, railroaded them up to, where is it, Omaha, and he hired uh, four Comanche Indians, bought a cinnamon bear and a monkey, and they went out to a field because there was no arena there and put up a wire fence. Well, day of the show, the buffalo are standing there and looking at everybody like a buffalo would being nearsighted, and... The cowboys fired a couple of shots, and the buffalo just kind of looked at them and yawned. Mm-hmm. And the Indians, they started whooping and waving their blankets, so the buffalo started kind of moseying. And the cowboys got enthusiastic and started firing their guns and charging the buffalo. Well, the buffalo made a pass around the arena and then out through the arena. Gone. Gone. <laughs> uh, anyhow, uh, Hickok ended up selling the buffalo to a local butcher because they passed the hat after the after the show to get and everybody had gone home for supper so he didn't have enough money oh, and he used the money from the buffalo that he sold to the butchers to put the Indians on the train and he retired from show business. 
Sounds like some showbiz. <laughs> sounds like some so, showbiz acts of today. <laughs> How do you think of that, huh? Well, I, I would say he didn't retire because Buffalo Bill ended up hiring him. That's right. <laughs> later on. Well, he did the stage thing with. Uh, Ned Buntline and him. And, That's right. And from what That's I understand, right. they'd get drunker than a skunk and never stay on script. Very true. And well, and and uh, while Bill was uh, pretty much the worst actor, from from what I understand, if yeah. you read the reviews and everything, he didn't know stage left from stage right. It didn't and, care. Uh, and then he was also, uh, from what I understand, too, he was having trouble with his eyesight at the time too and the house lights mm-hmm. would bother him as well and so he would sort of yell into the crowd and and he's supposed <laughs> to be saying his lines and he would yell to the you know to the stage manager and things like that he was pretty he was pretty bad i and, heard he even uh, shot one time into the audience didn't hit anybody well, so, okay now that's uh, that's uh, yeah i don't know how much truth there is to that but i've heard that too that he fired <laughs> at one of the lights he fired yeah. at one of the lights in the, in the <laughs> But but that he he was just awful and 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 Buffalo Bill couldn't keep him on and he didn't want to stay on anyway and that's yeah. when he went back to and then eventually went to Deadwood and and uh, he uh, died of lead poisoning. Yeah. So <laughs> yeah, he married a circus lady, so he he was still kind of yeah. show business. Todd, what are you? Yeah. Todd, you've been quiet. What's going on? Well, I I gotta ask you know Cullen kind of uh, has kind of took this conversation into this Wild Bill Hickok thing and I, I really only wanted to ask questions about Buffalo Bill but while we're on the subject of Wild Bill um, I have to ask you you know it is said that while Bill felt that he was losing his himself uh, he didn't know the difference between you know what's real and what isn't real theoretically mm-hmm. between the tall tall tales they were telling on stage and the real life his real life adventures it, do you put any stock in that is one of the reasons he left the show why, why Wild Bill left uh, yeah. yeah I mean yeah that could be part of it and mostly I think uh, Co- Cody felt that he, he wasn't he wasn't very good at, at, <laughs> at acting and he wasn't well that also it helps your exit Obviously. Right, right. He wasn't. A, yeah. He. I mean, he was a. He was a frontiersman. He was a lawman. He was. He'd yeah. been, he was. You know, a, that, he was not a, he a showman. Was. Yeah, yeah, not a. And yeah, not a showman. He didn't. He didn't have. I think. Um, when they talk about the it factor, you know. Uh, right. Cody. Cody right. had that. You know. He had Which something spades. that Cody had in spades, as Kids did spades, Doc yeah. Carver and Texas Jack Armando and yeah. Pony Bill and mm-hmm. uh, the One Hundred One Brothers and all the rest of them. Yeah. Do you? Yeah. You know, I know this is a difficult question, um, but you know that's basically my stock and trade, <laughs> is to ask the difficult, un- unfair questions, <laughs> especially when there's no liquor involved. Um, but you know, Colin, I have to ask you, and this is a completely rhetorical question, but nonetheless, it's for for the discussion that we're having today. I think it applies. You know, do you? Where in the in the Geiger meter, if you want to call it that, if you have, uh, uh, um, you know, Joel McRae's Buffalo Bill on the left, and you have oh. Paul Newman's Buffalo Bill on the right, 
Where does the real Buffalo Bill land between those two? Who's now, he closer to? Or is he close well, to both? Edmund he Cobb. Is, in the he is, he's the furthest away from Paul Newman's Buffalo Bill. Uh, that that Closer. He's closer to Joel McRae, but you're still, I, I he's not Joel if McRae. You, if, you, if you hold my feet to the fire and say choose one or the other, I would say Joel McRae. Then he is okay. the Paul Newman one. The Paul Newman, they that is a piece of revisionist history where they make Buffalo Bill look like he exploited the Native peoples. He was a, he was a, in some ways a really rotten guy, um, and that is right. the furthest, furthest a fable. from the truth. Um, well, and I always, when I watch the film, I always remember to m- saying to myself, because I had done my own research even that early as a young person, that, you know, his, his contentious relationship with Sitting Bull was not correct because I had always been, my re- the reading and research I had done always told me that when he got news of Sitting Bull being killed on the reservation, uh, that he was extremely upset that he felt he had lost a friend. That is correct, and when and when Sitting Bull, so Sitting Bull, you know the uh, so now that we now that we get in, into that, and I'm, that's a nice segue. So when it comes to the treatment of the of the Indians in the show, which were almost exclusively Lakota or Sioux um, um, Indians, which Sitting Bull, of course, was, and Sitting Bull was one of his most popular. Uh, 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 members of the show for for the short time that he was there, but we have the evidence. We have the actual hard evidence that Buffalo Bill treated them as fairly as he did at any of the cowboys, the vaqueros, the equal women in the pay. show. They received equal pay. Um, they received pay on the same scale for the job which they did. Uh, and when it comes to Single, who had of course, more issues, if you will, with with white people than probably anybody. Uh, he considered Buffalo Bill a friend. Buffalo Bill treated him fairly when he when he wrote a contract for him. He honored the contract. And when Buffalo Bill and Sitting Bull separated, when when Sitting Bull decided he needed to go back to his people, and the ghost dance was happening, and all these all these uh, other circumstances. He gave Buffalo Bill a bear tooth necklace, and in return, Buffalo Bill gave uh, Sitting Bull a show pony, uh, a white show pony, right. that uh, as a sign of friendship. And now the story goes is when Sitting Bull was killed on the Standing Rock Reservation by his own people, by by tribal police who had come to arrest him for supporting the ghost dance. Uh, he the show pony started dancing when the when the shots were being fired when the battle began and what is true is that buffalo bill after he did find out that sitting bull had died his friend had died he went to the reservation and he bought the pony back to make sure that sitting bull's wives would have some kind of money some sort of Mm. some sort of uh uh, economic value for that horse Mm -hmm. you know just to add to that too that uh, because of the ghost dance that was going on and the, and the army being nervous Nellies that they are, uh, 
they were they were concerned that this was a warlike thing, and it was fur- that furthest from the truth. But uh, one of the generals that was at, at uh, Cody had served under uh, requested that Cody be sent to the reservation and talk to Sitting Bull to have him come in uh, for a parlay. Uh, Cody agreed, and he was he was heading out there with a party. Uh, the army stalled him, and then I can't remember. It was a colonel who was in, and another fellow who was in charge of the Indians. Uh, bold-faced lying said, uh, "We've got it arranged. Sitting Bull's coming in. You don't need to do." And they got the orders changed. Mm. And Cody, being the, the honorable man that he was, said, "Okay," and went back. And so basically, Cody was betrayed by the army. Sitting Bull was betrayed by the army and murdered by the army. And that was, you know, because they, you know. Sitting Bull, they knew he would come in for Cody. That tells you they were friends. Yeah, yeah. All right. Yeah, we well, they took a picture together. Yeah. You know, oh, yeah. And that's, it, yeah. that's oh, yeah. something yeah. that, David if you notice, Sitting Bull didn't do with other people. He took pictures no. by himself, but he never took that's a picture right. with another person. We've got well, to do our they, next commercial break here. I'm sorry to interrupt, but uh, that they pay the bills for that's us. That's what the power is. That, that, that's it. Buffalo Bill and the Birth of American Celebrity is uh, the, the book, and the author is Kellen Cutsforth. He's a member of Western Writers of America, and we're happy to have him with us. And we're having a wonderful time. Yes, indeed. Talking about this book, we'll uh, talk even more right after these very important messages. So uh, stick around. There's more to come. Looking for a property management company, here are some things you should consider. How long has the company been in business? What types of properties can they manage for you? And does the company give back to the community? Well, your search is over. The Paul Ash Management Company meets and exceeds those considerations. They've been in business in Tucson, Arizona since the 1960s. They manage all types of properties throughout Arizona and elsewhere, from residential to commercial to public sector properties. The Paul Ash Management Company also dedicates its time and resources to numerous community projects, including help funding the drive for the USS Arizona Memorial at the University of Arizona. You also want a property management company that puts you, the customer, first. First, contact the Paul Ash Management Company today at paulashmanagement.com and ask about the complete package or call 520-795-2100. That's 520-795-2100. The Paul Ash Management Company, property managers you can trust. Can you even imagine switching back to pen and paper to run your business? Every year we become more and more dependent upon our technology. If your network is not set up properly, you're just one click or one email away from losing data critical to your operation. Arizona Computer Guru offers a host of services to prevent and protect you from disaster. From online backup services to email filtering to fully managed network services, Arizona Computer Guru is here to keep your network secure, your data safe, and your budget in the black. To schedule your free consultation, call 304-8300. The Tucson Trap and Ski Club dates from 1948 and is now at 7800 West Old Ajo Highway. The club owns 80 acres and leases 300 more from Pima County that supports 50 trap fields, 15 ski fields, two five-stand fields, two sporting plays courses with 12 stations each, a 9,000-square-foot clubhouse, 200 full-service RV hookups for members, and free Wi-Fi. This expansive facility gives enough room to host major national and international events annually, bringing thousands of people to the community. Check it out at TucsonTrapAndSki.com. You've got some cattle you want rustled, but don't have enough henchmen of your own to do the job. A little lady up the road apiece won't strike a deal with you about water rights. You out there! 
come one step near an old best here and spit right in your eye. So you need to strike your own deal, but you need the right henchman to do the job. The stage is hauling a Wells Fargo box loaded with gold. You've got the perfect spot to liberate that gold, but blank henchman to pull off the job. What to do? You better start packing a handgun. Call Red a Hench. We're a bad guy rental agency. We provide you with enough scruffy henchmen to tackle any job with specific directions. Just listen to what Red a Hench users have to say. Well, you know, when I joined Red a Hench, I was trained by Bud Osborne, Charlie King, and some of the best head henches there ever was. And I'm going to guarantee you that you cannot hench without the proper henches around you. And that's just a gentle hench. When you need sheer numbers of henchmen, call us. We specialize in stage holdups, water right disputes, squatter troubles, cattle rustling, and much more. Our Rena henchmen may not be able to think their way out of a paper bag, but they sure can follow directions, and they won't sing to the law about you if they get caught. See our ad in the Saturday Evening Post or Harper's Weekly. Hey, not only that, when you're in the Long Branch and you want to go next door to Doc's to get that bullet out of your shoulder, get a Rena hench to sit there on your place and keep your whiskey warm while you're gone. Red a hench, when you need bad guys to do bad guy stuff so you can keep your hands clean. You let me do the work. Hi folks, Stan Ivar here. It was John Carter on Little House. Little House, a new beginning to be exact. And you're listening to Voices of the West. This is the Voices of the West. Francis of Voices of the West, Harry Alexander, Bunker to France, and Jod Roberts. Our guest is Kellen Cutsforth, and the book is Buffalo Bill and the Birth of American Celebrity. Maybe you and Markley can uh, do a book about henchmen. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that was a great. That was, that was a great. That was great. I wasn't expecting that. Was really you know, uh, Kellen, if you ever, if you ever, the writing doesn't pan out, we can always put you to work as a henchman. That's right. Oh, sure. Sure. I you know John, what? I'm probably going to need it. So. Yeah. <laughs> I got, I've got something I want to read here. It's from a poster for Buffalo Bill's Wild West. And this is how it goes. A host of Western celebrities, a camp of Cheyenne, Arapaho, Sioux, and Pawnee Indians, a group of Mexican vaqueros, roundup of Western cowboys, company of prairie scouts, a herd of wild buffalo, a corral of Indian ponies, a band of Mex- mountain elk, a drove of Texas steers, pack trains of Mexican burros, mountain lions, coyotes, deer, antelope, sheep, etc., artistically blending, lifelike, vivid, and thrilling pictures of Western life. Yeah, Isn't that cool. I, I want to go sounds, see the show. Sounds about all you need. You know, it? You know that the logistics of putting together one of his Wild West shows. <laughs> I mean, I get a headache just reading about it and yeah. ha- having produced festivals in the past. Uh, I mean, my God, it just. You see the size of the tent. The, yeah, the size yeah. of the tent. Further, when he took the troop to uh, Europe, you know, mm-hmm. he, they're they're on steamship with the cattle, mm-hmm. with, with with all the livestock, with the Indians, and and the I'm rocks, sure the, the in, in the set, yeah, the Indians, I'm sure, were not familiar with uh, water travel like yeah, that. Many of them had not <laughs> seen the ocean. Yeah. So I mean. What a cultural cultural shock for for these people, and then I, I guess the, 
the Europeans obviously loved it. Oh, they, and they, the Indians loved being in Europe. Yeah, yeah. They, they, they did. The great American tourist. Yeah. Well, and they, they loved being away from the reservation. Too. Sure. <laughs> they got the For opportunity sure. to leave. So you know, it was... I, yeah, I just I there's an Indian that was with him that never they never bring up his name, and he was very prominent, Black Elk. And, yes, yeah, correct. And he, yep. he he had a great experience with him, and he wrote about it. Correct. Yep. Black Elk speaks for those who don't. Yeah, that's the that's the famous famous book by John G. Neidhart. Um, yeah. But yeah, Black Elk was was with uh, Buffalo Bill's Wild West, and they and he traveled overseas. Yeah, with them, and I, and I, I to, get, to get back to the to the very last conversation we were having before we went when we were talking about the ghost dance, mm-hmm. which also involved Black Elk. Buffalo Bill allowed the ghost dance to be performed and actually encouraged it to be performed in the show. Um, and this is something that was something that was being censored on the reservation, and there was fear that it was going to you know be some kind of uprising and all this sort of stuff and buffalo bill encouraged it as a piece of of lakota culture to be given to the rest of the world that everybody could see um not just the snake dance or the mm-hmm. or the eagle dance but but the ghost dance as well so yeah it's mm-hmm. uh, um and, and the, the europeans yeah they loved it they ate it up talk about dr wf carver and okay. the fallout so he was the he and Buffalo Bill um, early on, uh, b- before during Cody's stage career, when the beginnings of Buffalo Bill's of the Wild West was going to happen. Um, Doc Carver was uh, he was a trick shooter, and so Bill and and Carver they of course in the entertainment world they crossed over and and saw one another and uh and knew of one another and so uh uh many historians say nate salisbury who actually ended up becoming uh, buffalo bill's uh, manager sort of hatched the idea to buffalo bill to do an outdoor experience but buffalo bill really didn't sign on with salisbury and then carver came along and said well we should do this and so he and carver started working together, trying to come up with idea, and they initially called it the Golden West. Um, but it, the name wasn't, didn't ring as well didn't as catch. the Wild West, yeah. right, as Buffalo. And Buffalo Bill was the more known quantity than Doc Carver was. Mm-hmm. And so Buffalo Bill said, well, we should put my name at the front of it. And they had a blow-up because Carver felt his name should be on it, it, should, it, it shouldn't be the Wild West. And then they had control issues over, you know, where we should go. Yeah, I mean, it's it's like any, it's like a it's like a rock band. Yeah, you right. Know? I mean, the drummer <laughs> the drummer always causes all the problems. Hey, hey, know? hey! It's like if you just if you just stay on beat, you'll be all right. Hey, hey, hey! Don't, I used to don't be a try and go off. Let's come on. We gotta. We're gonna. You know what I mean? Yes. Let's, but, let's use the it. example of. Ring, uh, Let's remember Ringo Starr and Charlie Watts were with two really good bands for a very long time because they knew how to keep the beat and stay yeah, out of trouble. Exactly. Right. And then you have Stan Lynch, who was the drummer for the Heartbreakers, and he didn't last that long. 
there you go. Well, and look then at Keith, look at Keith Moon. Yeah, and then and then, <laughs> and then drummers for Spinal Tap, they always blow up. <laughs> they, they go, that's well, yeah, that's, it, man. that's right. That's it. That's it. Just stay on. And end that's up in a sarcophagus. <laughs> or you know, the thing, thing that didn't that's get mentioned is that Carver also do. was a marksman. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, he did and, mention that. And, oh, did he? I yeah. missed that. I'm sorry. Yeah. Because him yeah, Carver was a great marksman. He yeah. was an excellent marksman. I, and, I mean, he had many, many matches that were that were high profile in the time. That was a that was sort of a, a followed uh, sporting event, if you will. You know, marksmanship in these uh, competitions. So he had some clout, but he he just didn't he didn't know. I mean, I hate to say it, but there's no better way. He didn't know his place, you know. Uh, he didn't stay in his lane. Yeah. He didn't have and, the place. And you should know, uh, it's better to be part, have a little something of, of something big than a whole lot of something of nothing, right. you know. I mean, and so to be part of it and to be in the show, and it would have worked. And, and look what happened. I mean, Buffalo Bills Wild West became the most popular entertainment enterprise in the entire world right. uh, and and Buffalo Bill became very wealthy and the people who were with him and the people who signed contracts with him did very well you know but Carver couldn't he he, he just his ego gets in the way what did it cost um, and it's like you say what 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 did it cost to uh, go to one of these Wild West shows so you're talking you know um, depending on because they ran a lot of deals uh-huh. uh, for kids, but you're talking, you know, a nickel or something mm-hmm. like that, mm-hmm. or, or uh, you know, ten cents. Um, but then, depending on you know where they were, the size of the show. But Buffalo Bill loved kids, <laughs> and he was he was a smart guy. He knew if I can get the kids to come, the parents are going to come along, sure. And then they're going to buy popcorn, and they're going to buy you know, and they're going to and and we're going to make money that way. And so he would give what he called uh, Day of the Waifs, and he would give the the children, you know, free admission and things like that. And, of course, they're going to bring their parents along. And so, uh, you know, he gets everybody involved. And then word of mouth spreads, hey, you did, you did really well. And so he gave, he gave uh, um, uh, lots of deals and things like that. And he did the same thing um, in... Uh, um, uh, the White City in um, the uh, World Chicago. Fair in Chicago, right? Yeah. And he wanted to be part of of the World's Fair, and he was. They thumbed their nose at him and looked down at him and said, "Oh, this is you know, this is entertainment for for the peasants. You know, this isn't this isn't going to be part of our yeah. our entertainment spectacle." He set up shop right next to them. And he took so much business away from them because he he was such a brilliant promoter. He played it as as though, well, if we're going to the White City, oh, Buffalo Bills is part of it. Go, oh yeah, yeah, we're part of it. Come on, come on over, you know. And he got them to pay, got people to pay admission, and he siphoned so many so many uh, uh, patrons and onlookers to wow. in, into the Wild West show. Uh, away from from the from the world's fair because of what what they did, but yeah, I mean he was you know it varied it varied you know you know you could a uh, few cents uh, to ten cents or more you and, know um, and was it a t- ticket price varied and was it a, a show that went for uh, two three hours? Yeah. So yeah, you would have you would uh, depending, but yeah, normally yeah you. You'd go around two hours or so, sometimes three. It was it was with it was 
in there, um, it, it, you know, the show changed over time um, as it as it grew as uh, as he um, as he got older as he went in with Pawnee, uh, Bill, uh, uh, Gordon, Lily, um, and they combined. You know, you had the Far East, you had the Wild West. They added. Mm-hmm. Um, they yeah, added the more uh, show to it, mm-hmm. so you had acrobats, you had vaqueros, you, so you didn't just have trick riding, um, and then they began adding more reenactments into it, so Custer's Last Stand was always a big part of it, mm-hmm. and then they began adding um, uh, the Battle at Summit Springs became a part of, of uh, the, uh, the Wild West and its reenactments, so the show expanded. As it went along, you know, once they got more and people wanted to see more um, entertainment, and then, as I say, then they started having Cossacks part as as part of it, um, Arabian horsemen, uh, you know, all these different horsemen from around the world. The Rough Riders of the World is what he called it when he renamed the show, yeah. and you had people from all over the world demonstrating their horse abilities and their riding abilities and their trick abilities and all these all these wonderful things that that people really. Uh, really fell in love with. All right, we got to do our last commercial break. Our guest, Kellen Cutsforth. We're talking about Wild, uh, not Wild Bill, Buffalo Bill, wow, and the yes. birth of right, American celebrity, celebrity. We'll be back after these messages. Land of cattle, copper, and cowboys. It's also the true West, where a large number of westerns were filmed. For your next vacation, come out to where Wilder made a name for himself as a highly respected sheriff. Stay where Jimmy Stewart filmed Winchester '73. That would be the White Stallion Ranch. Situated in the mountains just northwest of Tucson, the White Stallion Ranch is an award-winning dude ranch with 43 guest rooms and the Hacienda. That's a five-bedroom, three-bathroom home perfect for larger families, family reunions, and girlfriend getaways. Every guest room has a private patio with views of the cactus gardens, mountains, or corrals. Generous floor plans offer sunny, comfortable rooms, but you won't want to stay in your room. Outdoor activities are plentiful at the White Stallion Ranch. Horseback riding, hiking, shooting, archery, rock climbing, e-biking, and a weekly ranch rodeo are among the numerous activities that you'll enjoy on your ranch vacation. Go Western for your next getaway. The White Stallion Ranch. Book your vacation now online at whitestallionranch.com or call 520-297-0252. Imus Wilkinson Investments, 777-1911, is a unique investment management firm. They pay little attention to where the market indicators are because smart investment management goes way beyond checking stock exchanges. They are very good at managing all types of investment based on client expectations. They build relationships, and they want clients, not customers. My family is proudly included among them, and they'll help you, as they did us, design a portfolio that achieves what you want when you need it. Imus Wilkinson Investments, they're really good at what they do. 777-1911. Hello, I'm Mr. Red. No doubt you've heard about rescue groups for dogs and cats. But did you know there's a rescue group for horses? That's right, it's called Horse It Around Rescue. Founders Steve Boyce and Teresa Worrell are helping out all those equine victims of neglect and cruelty by giving them a place to restore their health and wellness. 
And Horse It Around provides a nurturing and natural environment where horses can be horses, so they can be adopted out into forever homes. More than 120 horses, mules, and donkeys have been adopted out, but like everything else, it costs money to run the project. Horse It Around is a 501c3 nonprofit located in southeast Arizona. Your tax-deductible donations to Horse It Around will go a long way so those horses can be horses. Check out the website, horseitaroundrescue.org. Make a difference in a horse's life. That's horseitaroundrescue.org. Hi, this is Craig Morgan with a special message for all those who have served in the U.S. Army. The National Museum of the United States Army, to be built at Fort Belvoir, Virginia, will include the Soldier's Registry, an electronic record of Americans who have worn the Army uniform, recognizing their service. I've already added my story to the registry. I hope you'll add yours. To learn more and to make your story a permanent part of the National Army Museum, visit armyhistory.org. Ain't you just a little bit out of your territory here, Marshal? I take my territory with me, and right now you're in it. This is the Voices of the West. I want to hear the wind blow over my campfire, brushing the smoke away. Roll in my blanket. You just can't get enough of that stuff, man. Johnny Bond. Oh. Good stuff. Welcome back to Amal Franzi's Voices of the West, Harry Alexander Bunker to France and Todd Roberts. Our guest, Kellen Cutsforth. The book is A Buffalo Bill and the Birth of American Celebrity. So, Kellen, I have another esoterical question for you. Okay. If, I haven't, if, if, you, if you don't have a headache already. Um, um, in, of course, very esoterical and very hypothetical, but... Taking taking Buffalo Bill and putting him into today's world and in today's society and so on, would he have had the longevity that he had today, taking into account that people would still be interested in Wild West shows and so on, or would he end up, you know, uh, like Andy uh, Andy Andy Griffith in uh, uh, A Face in the Crowd by Ilya Kazan? Oh, wow. Well, what a question! You know what, you write you know that what I'd say? I, I would say <laughs> that he that he he would have the longevity because he was a brilliant promoter. Yeah, he understood how to adapt to what was going on. He under, but he also understood how to get the word out. Uh, you know, it's so so many people say, "Oh gosh, I would have gone to that, or I would have bought that, or I would have got if I'd known about it." He was so good at getting people to know about the product and what he was selling, but he was also great at adapting. When it when it came to uh, you know, as I as I mentioned, you know, when okay, the Wild West show starting to wane. Let's bring in the Far East and let's bring in all these other uh, horse riders and things like that. And and he was brilliant. Things that are mis- mystical and exotic. Right, right, and he he was br- he was brilliant at at promoting uh, whatever it was that he was doing. He was so good, and he had and he had and and to in full honesty, he had wonderful promoters around him. Uh, Buffalo Bill is the is the first uh, uh, celebrity spokesman product endorser that hmm. the, that the country had. He, well. he was everything from whiskey to to. Clothing and so on. He and and a lot of that comes from the people around him. They were really good at at 
doing those those sort of promotions um, to you get you to know who he finding was. Finding opportunities and bringing the them to him. Yeah. He yeah, was a, yeah. He was I also mean, he, a, a master of the media, too. If you look, he was a media superstar uh, he, just in that area alone. Yep, and, and when film was starting to come around before he died, he yeah. saw the he saw the potential in it. And I think if he was around today, he'd see the potential in the internet. He would see the potential in social media. He yeah. would see the potential TikTok. in in all of those aspects mm-hmm. and and attempt to to use them to to push the product. Okay, we're pretty much almost out of time here. Oh, God, uh, we didn't get to I know, we days didn't, in Oracle, Arizona. I know, we're going to have to have you back for yet another show, because oh, this always God. happens when we have you and or Mark Lee on. We have to have both of you on together again to finish up talking what we started. <laughs> when we got the second book to have you both on. That's right. Uh, but before we run away here, I want to get uh, your impressions. Movies... Movies pretty much uh, was the downfall for the uh, Old West shows, as well as right. other things going on. Mm-hmm. Um, but in terms of the movies, who portrays the best Buffalo Bill in the movies? I think you already well, alluded to that uh, by saying Joel McRae. Yeah, I would say Joel McRae. Yeah, but Joel McRae is probably my my. If you're going to hold my feet to the fire, he's, he's my favorite Buffalo Bill. And there's been a number. As a side note, Cullen, would you? Where do you put? Um, the guy who plays Buffalo Bill in uh, the Wild, the Gary Cooper Wild Bill Hickok movie. Oh, uh, I mean, <laughs> you know, he's he's probably uh, he's probably in the same Bill range. The guy TV who plays uh, uh, Buffalo Bill in the uh, Wild Bill. Uh, uh, Jeff Bridges uh, film, you know, okay. he's, he's he's somewhere around there. I will say the fella, and, I, and it escapes my name, that I thought actually did a good job uh, as Buffalo Bill in the Hidalgo movie. I don't know if you guys have seen that, the Beagle Peter Morton Coyote picture. Um, uh, Buffalo, Buffalo Peter Bill. Peter Coyote. Yeah. Yes, yes, yes. Well, uh, that's well, right. Thank you. Yes. What about and Edmund Cobb? He did a very Cobb. good job. Um, you know, he did Fighting with Buffalo Bill uh, in 1926. Wait, who? The 10-episode serial. Oh, 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 yeah. Well, you know, Buffalo Bill portrayed himself in yeah. uh, in a couple of movies, a couple of films. The Adventures um, of Buffalo and, Bill. And, and, you know, and he saw he saw the potential in it. He understood what was going on. He, I think that was his strength, was he understood when things were changing in the media realm. He, he got it, you know, when when film was coming in. He said, oh, wow, this, this is potential to do something. But he didn't live radio. long enough. To exploit it. <laughs> What's that bunker? He'd have been big on radio. Yeah, he would have done radio yeah, very well. <laughs> yeah, he would have. The Buffalo he Bill podcast. He would have taken to it. Yeah, <laughs> Buffalo Bill's voices in the West. <laughs> right. Yeah. All right, Kellen. Most interesting hour. Thank you so much for being Thank with you. us. We appreciate it very much. So, and, had a wonderful uh, time. And uh, as always, you are always welcome to come back at any time, my friend. More tickles than the feather factory. Yeah, that's right. So, all right, that uh, that pretty much does it for this edition. Uh, uh, Go out and find the book Buffalo Bill and the Birth of American Celebrity. Kellen Cutsforth is the author. Next time we get together here on Emil Franzi's Voices of the West, we got us a doozy of a program. We got a doozy of a lady. Yeah, we got a doozy of a lady. Her name is Hannah Reed. 
And she is an armorer. And she's packing. She be, she be packing. She be <laughs> and she's purdy. And she's, she's purdy too. She purdy. And she don't miss. And she yeah she don't miss. And and she is the daughter of uh, fast gun man Thel Reed. So never misses. Be very careful. <laughs> be very and he, very. And yes. he is an old western daddy. <laughs> yeah. 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 So I, I I know we are looking forward to uh, next week's program a lot. Not so. Long. All right, that's it for this edition. 78, 79, Cody O's. All righty then. So long, everybody. Thanks for listening to Emil Franzing's Voices of the West. 